Hi, my name is V Nansveth, and first and foremost, uh, Klein, I just want to thank you for um, inviting me and having me here today. Again, uh, V Nansveth here, uh, owner and founder of Nansveth & Associates. We are a comprehensive immigration law firm, and uh, immigration is what we mostly focus on, anything from family immigration to business immigration. Been doing this um, since, oh gosh, 2006. And uh, that, that's really all we've, we've been doing ever since and, yeah. and, and growing in, in that direction. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here today, V. Um, I'm Klein, and I'm your co-host of Immigration Nation. Um, very excited to have V here today, and we're going to pick her brain about all things immigration. Um, today we'll be focusing on VAWA, so I wanted to include a slight trigger warning for those um, listening because it is a pretty heavy topic. So we're just excited to learn more about it, and it's important to keep this conversation alive, and um, we're excited to learn today. All right. Hey, V, thank you for being here today. She thank drove you. all the way up from Austin to be here, so we're very grateful for that. And um, let's just jump right into it. So can you start off by telling us what is VAWA, who qualifies for it, everything that goes into it? Sure. Well, VAWA stands for Violence Against Women Act. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, implemented many years ago, and it's specific to those who are you know, um, victims of domestic violence, uh, victims of abuse by a qualified relative. Mm -hmm. And um, it, 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 it really is a, a good option for those who feel that they are trapped and have no way out mm -hmm. and uh, are able to um, find a way to, you know, not be afraid of reporting their abuse mm -hmm. and then also have an avenue to get a green card as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can't imagine you would feel trapped because it's some, you know, you're in a country, in a new mm -hmm. country, and it's like someone who's close to you is the one who's doing the abusing and who has that power over you. So it is a really great avenue for people who are in those situations. Mm -hmm. So who, who qualifies for it? So if you're married to a U.S. citizen or mm -hmm. a legal permanent resident, and you are a victim of that particular relationship. Mm. Now, of course, you know, victimhood and, and what you experience come in all different forms, but the ones that we usually think of or, you know, being physically abused, the, the getting um, hurt and physically hurt and someone hitting you, the black and blue, mm -hmm. you know, but it goes beyond that too. I mean, they'll, they look at different portions of how a person is abused because you can be abused both physically mm. you can be abused emotionally verbally you there are different ways in which they kind of look at this and they 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 when when a person comes into my office uh, let's say I'm speaking to a prospect one of the first things that I look at is I just kind of let them tell me their story what is going on and I vet it in that way because obviously we want to make sure that this person does, in fact, fit the requirements of the Violence Against Women Act. Right. And whenever we look at it, I'll have several stories. And, you know, some of the easier ones are going to be the, well, he hit me or she hit me and then I called the police. Mm -hmm. That's kind of pretty clear cut. But then I can have someone come in and say things like, you know, just every day it's it's emotional. Mm -hmm. Um the things that he say to me, I feel I feel like I can't get out. Um, even you know financial abuse, they'll look at if you feel as if you're just trapped and 
almost in a way feel kidnapped, mm. uh, being socially um, kind of taken out of or walked off. Or walked, yes, mm-hmm. exactly, from the rest of the world. Also someone who may even be, you know, every time you say anything or do anything, they are threatening you with deportation. <sighs> That's all part of what, what can be looked at as abuse. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, like I said, the, the physical portion of it is a little easier to document, especially if the police is called, you go to the hospital, you're seeing a doctor, you get treated. The emotional and the verbal, a little bit harder to track. But one of the things that I tell clients is I'll say, well, look, has any of this been written? Mm. Do you have any kind of recordings that you might have had? Most of the time, I mean, when you're going through this, you're not thinking, you know, you're not thinking, let me, let me stop and record something. Right, right, right. But a lot of times they do. They, they'll communicate these things via text. This is the stuff that's in there. You can even use maybe family members or friends, coworkers that might have witnessed the situation. We can use their uh, testimony, uh, written testimony, to describe the situation. Mm-hmm. So these are all really good ways of just kind of being able to identify mm-hmm. if you actually qualify for this. Right. And I know I think you said it a little bit earlier, but as the name suggests, it's Violence Against Women Act. Do men also qualify? Yes, actually mm-hmm. men do qualify. Mm-hmm. I know the, the, the word women is in there, <laughs> but actually men do qualify as well. Uh, and, it, you know, honestly, half of my clients are men. Really? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I get a lot of men who come in and um, have been abused. You know, it's when you think of it in those terms, you think, what woman is is hitting you Mm. but you'd be amazed that the emotional and the verbal abuse and on the men's side they tend to not want to verbalize these things or even Mm. share these things and for them it it, it's it probably if anything feels you know we were talking about feeling like you're trapped yeah a lot of men feel that Mm. and um but i give them a space to come in and be able to really open up and and you know let us know what they're going through and believe it or not a lot of them qualify for it that's so important that Mm -hmm. men feel that they have a place to come to and can feel comfortable as well because that's kind of a new topic you know Mm -hmm. men's mental health as well Mm -hmm. um so do you have to remain married to the abusive partner until VAWA is approved or is there are there options for these people or mm-hmm. what happens there? No, you do not have to remain married mm-hmm. and that's something very important to point out because you you do not have to remain in that situation especially if it's a dangerous one. Mm-hmm. So the one thing to keep in mind though is that if you do get out of the relationship and if you do get a divorce mm. part of the regulations does state that you have to file for the VAWA within two years of the finalized divorce mm. but do know that at any time you can file for this if you if you're still married you can mm. file for it we have clients who come to us and we file that on their behalf and they ask us can you please not share this mm. you know with my spouse because they're in a dangerous situation right and the other thing would be even if the divorce proceedings have, have started, mm-hmm. they can file at any time during that. But the most important thing is that if the divorce is finalized, mm-hmm. you have to do it within two years oh. of that final date. Two years. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was actually going to be my next question. 
Um, so what can people expect from the process? So they come in for a consultation. What happens as soon as they take those next steps towards FALA? What does that look like? Sure. So whenever I meet with a client and we have cleared them mm -hmm. for, you know, the requirements and the fact that they've met the, the, the requirements for VAWA, mm -hmm. the next thing that we always do is, of course, get all the information that, that is needed, uh, their background, um, you know, all kind of the things that kind of go, goes into the form I-360 right. to get this done. But then we collect the evidence. The important parts are the evidence, um, evidence of the abuse itself, but also evidence of the relationship. That's going to be important. You actually have to prove that you were in a good mm -hmm. faith marriage and, a, and a, a valid relationship. So all those things come into play as well, right. in addition to showing the abuse. Once everything is filed, you're probably looking at, it, it depends on the jurisdiction. When you go on the USCIS website, it will give you sort of a 80% of folks, this is what it's taking, but I feel that it, it really kind of depends on the jurisdiction where you are. Mm -hmm. uh, where we are, you're looking at, what I've been noticing is if, uh, you're probably looking at about a year to two years to, oh. to have it kind of start to finish. And it also depends as well if you are married to a U.S. citizen versus a legal permanent resident. Oh, okay. So that process, I can... I can assume it would be pretty time sensitive for people wanting to get out, but that two years, that's a long time. But I guess you don't have to remain married to that person. So for those options, I'm sure it can be kind of difficult for a person who's who has their green card maybe, but to get new housing and all of that is what does that option look like for those people? It really depends on where they are in the situation. Mm. You know, I, I've met with a different range of folks where they are in the midst of the abuse oh, wow. versus some of them have found the strength to maybe get out. Some mm -hmm. of them were coming straight off of being in a safe place, you know, uh, a, a shelter. So it really just kind of yeah. depends. It's, it's, um, it's I mean, really some hard. of the stories, you know, when I first started doing immigration law, one of the first things that the law firm had me do was VAWA. VAWA really? and U visa mm -hmm. were my two things that they kind of had me go in there and learn about this and help us out. And it was still very new. Mm -hmm. um, and whenever I would, uh, some, some of the first cases that I had to sit in on for the consultations, they were, they were harsh. It was rough. Some of the things that you hear, you would think that as long as I've been doing this, that at some point you would grow just kind of immune mm -hmm. to it, but you don't. Mm -hmm. All these stories are, can be so horrific. And um, there are moments when I sit there with the, with the prospect and I actually tear up with them mm -hmm. because you just can't imagine a person having to go through something like this and then feeling as though they have no way out and thinking that they have to stay with this person or else they're going to get deported. Mm -hmm. But I just want everyone to know out there that there is something out there. This regulation for VAWA is amazing. It is really something that can be utilized. So definitely if you're if you are feeling stuck or if you are being abused, you know, know that there are there is something out there for you. Find a, a local immigration attorney and, and get the help that you need. Oh gosh, mm -hmm. that's that's great that they have that option. That I can't imagine that would be so really sad to sit in on um so how can what can people expect from cost for this because feeling trapped feeling like there's no way out i'm sure finances come into play for that too 
Right, right. Um, I, I mean, from what I've been seeing, you know, different law firms charge different things, what we, uh, different prices and different costs. What we do at Nonspeth and Associates is we, you know, we, we understand that a lot of times the prospects and the clients, they're, they're coming out of a really bad situation. First and foremost, what's important to us is we, we, we are trying to get them out of the situation and get them into a place where they're going to feel safer, and maybe not physically, but at least from an immigration standpoint, so right. that they already have so much to worry about. They don't need to also worry about being deported right. and getting removed from the country. Mm-hmm. So we give them that safe space. But then from there, we understand as well that you know, not, when a person is in this situation, sometimes they are literally out of a home, they and the right. kids. So we will sit down with the client and we will try to work it out and see what works best as far as pricing is concerned. We have payment plans and things like that because what's most important to us is that they are safe. Right. That's great. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, you know, I just want to go back to, again, just know that while there are different ways to get the green card through family and whatnot, this is one way for you to be able to self-petition without the, the help of that person Mm, that's a good point and you know and and you don't have to feel trapped you do not have to be in that situation know that there is this option out there for you Mm -hmm. and uh, you can utilize it and be on your way to hopefully you know gaining legality in the United States and also being in a safer safer place for for yourself and for your children Mm, definitely Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for shedding some light on this really, really hard topic. So we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. This podcast has been prepared for general information purposes only and is not legal advice. This information is not intended to create and receipt of it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship.